Cody Stark talking to me. You know, it's good morning Sacramento or good day Sacramento. It's, it's, just, one, it's just one fell swoop, you know, so I wake up to that every day. So after we retired, we didn't have the alarm move, but it was still the same motion. It was grab the iPad, hit the TV, listen to the news, and start thumbing through your iPad to see who posted what while I was asleep. Oh, we're the only ones that do that? And then we realized that we were spending our mornings thumbing through our iPads looking at some good things and some probably not so good things and not taking time to read the Word together and to pray together. So we turned over a new leaf and now it's still not the alarm clock, it's the Chihuahua. (laughs) And you already know Jennifer and Will how he needs attention. It's the dog and then we grab our iPads and we sit up Wanda gets coffee, and we do our devotions, say, and have our time of prayer. Then we go to Facebook. No. <laughs> but when I say all that to say this, is that in, in our time of devotions, and I had this what now thing, you know, clicking through my head, and, uh, and, and then, you know, Pastor Doug, last week, he shared on, you know, the fact that, you know, he, you know, he died. He said, it is finished. It is finished. And then he said, and he is risen. It is finished, but he is risen in you. I think those were your words. And I thought, okay, what now? Where are we going with this? Jesus' life was fulfilled. He fulfilled the scriptures. His 33 and a half years or whatever that he walked the face of the earth was for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to come to this place and die on the cross and be resurrected, that Christianity could even exist. We would have no reason to exist if that did not happen. There wouldn't be Christianity. What now? What now? But Jesus said it is finished, and then I thought to myself, no, it's only just begun. And then I heard the carpenters in my head. It's only just begun. To live, <laughs> white lace and promises, and a kiss for luck, and we're on our way. You know, Christianity can kind of be like that. You know, you get saved, kiss for luck, you're on your way. You know, what now? Where do we go from here? And it's not finished. It's only just begun. It's not. And for Jesus, the other challenge that that Pastor Doug's been putting before us as a church, as a people of God, is, and we heard it again this morning, your life has purpose. Every one of you has a specific purpose for being on the face of this planet. And we have to get a hold of that purpose. And how do we get a hold of that purpose? You know, what now? What now? Keeps coming to mind. I love this too, by the way. I noticed it has a blinker switch on it. That's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I noticed that last week. But I, it, it, anyway, in, in our reading, trying to, I'm saying, Lord, okay, I, I'm, I don't, I'm, help me out here. We were in uh, John, uh, 
and it was uh, 21, tw or 20, I'm sorry. And, no, take that back. I take that back. 21. And this is where, again, Pastor Doug mentioned that Jesus appears to the disciples. This is the last time he appears to them. And if you want to turn there, I'm in the, uh, it'll be up on the screen, but I just want to read it to you and pull a few things out of here. This is familiar scripture. This is not, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. But he said, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And here he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, you know, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel uh, of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and a couple of others that were there that they didn't pick up their names. I'm in John 21. Uh, and Simon Peter said to him, you know, said to them, uh, I'm going fishing. And they said, well, we're going to go with you. Now, here's what I see. Jesus has died. They're sitting there, you know, by the, the sea. Probably been sitting there all day. Maybe chit-chatting, visiting. But I think they're kind of bored. You know, they're pretty much bored out of their minds. And they're like, you know, what do you want to do now? And Peter says, well, <laughs> I'm going fishing. Now, well, we're going to go with you. So they all get in the boat, says. But uh, uh, that night, see, now it's night. They, or they fish through the night. And what happened? They didn't catch anything. Anybody been there? I have, yeah. Fished. <laughs> I didn't fish all night, but, oh, you have too, huh? You know, I got, you, you'll enjoy this message. It's really good. If you go over to the other side of the creek, fish from the other side of the creek, you'll catch fish. Because he says, and so it says, just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, and yet the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. Now, this leads me to believe he's taken on some different form. I mean, they walked with him for three years, you know, I mean, and they didn't recognize him here. And Jesus said to him, you know, hey, dudes, catch any fish? Well, actually, children, did you catch any fish? Do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, well, cast your net on the other side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast their net on the other side of the boat, and they made a haul. They brought in all this fish. And so, you know, when this happened, one of the disciples said, it, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord, well, he was stripped down, so he put on his garments, and he dove into the, into the river, and he, or the ocean, or sea, and he started swimming for shore. And the other guys were left there to drag in the nets, and that's full of fish. And they were not far, they were about 100 yards off, uh, offshore. Now, when they got out on land, they saw uh, the fire was already going. not nice? Jesus says, you know, come on, come on in. Fire's going, you know. Sit down, I'll cook you some breakfast. Nice, nice fish breakfast. So it says, uh, bring some of the fish that you've caught. And I find this interesting. So Simon Peter went aboard, and he hauled the net ashore full of large fish. 153, not 154, not 152, 153 large fish. Now, I don't know how many small fish there were, obviously a bunch. But they got the large fish. And, of course, when we go fishing, we never talk about the small fish, do we? We only talk about the large, the large fish. How big was it? It was this big. <laughs> yeah, the large fish. And Jesus said to them, you know, come and have breakfast. So now they've gone fishing. They've caught some fish. 
they're having a nice breakfast there, and, and they're finally realizing that who he is. One of the disciples, you know, dared ask him, you know, who are you? And they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread, and he, and he gave it to them, and, and he gave them some fish, and this was uh, now the third time that Jesus revealed the disciples uh, after he had been raised from the, the dead. Now, when they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, this is the love test, I call it. What now? The love test. You know, love, love's got to be very, very uh, consistent to really be loved, doesn't it? You know, I mean, when we say we love our spouse, it's got to be consistent. I read a story about a couple of guys. One guy caught a ride home from work with his, his buddy, and when his buddy picked him up, he had on a nice clean shirt and a tie and nice slacks and a fresh haircut. And uh, they stopped at the flower shop. He said, what are you doing? He says, well, i got to get some flowers. He says, well, why? He says, well, every Friday I go home to my wife and I make sure I'm cleaned up, you know, and I give her some flowers and I ask her out on a date. Oh, come on. Oh, isn't that sweet? That's sweet, you know? And the guy, the dude's like, well, I'm not very romantic, but... You know, sounds like a neat idea. So the next week he does that. He gets all cleaned up and fresh haircut, nice shirt and tie, slacks, goes, stops, gets some flowers, goes home, walks in, asks his wife out, wife out on a date, and she starts bawling her head off. She's crying, and she said, oh, man, this is terrible. This is a terrible day. Billy got in trouble at school. The baby's sick. I burned our dinner, and now you come home drunk. But um, bump. Love needs to be consistent. Most of your wives are probably going, I would have probably thought the same thing, which fellows should tell you something. All right? Don't be afraid. I just heard it. Don't be afraid to go after the, uh, what did you say this morning? Outside, not the normal, but the, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we have the love test. So Jesus, you know, asked Peter, and for time's sake, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you can later if you'd like. And he asked him, he says, he says, Peter, after the day, he says, lovest thou these more than me? And of course, Peter says, well, of course I do. And he says, well, what? He says, feed my lambs. But he asked him a second time, you know, do you, do you uh, son of John, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, well, yes, Lord, you know I do. He says, well, then tend my sheep. And the third time, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This says Peter was grieved. I think Peter was, like, frustrated. <laughs> it's like, but it says he's grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to the Lord, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. He says three things. He says, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, and feed my sheep. If you love me, this is what you'll do. You'll tend my, feed my lambs, tend the flock, and you'll feed my sheep. Now, what does that all mean? See, taking care of the, of the flock is, is a lot of things. But uh, when I was reading into this, and I thought, well, you know, feed my lambs. Okay, that's the, that's the little ones. That's the young ones. You see? Well, Jesus, what do you want me to do for the kingdom? Feed my lambs. If you love me, feed my lambs. 
We just heard it. We got a great opportunity coming to feed the lambs. Yeah, I'm going to be there. And I, and I hope that you'll take the opportunity to come and, and be there too because they are precious. They are so precious because then those lambs, and then he says, tend my sheep. So I'm thinking, okay, feed, and then tend. So tend's different than feed. See, now he's saying, tend my sheep, which, which means take time to help them to grow up, to disciple them, to, to walk beside them, to nurture them, to recreate yourself in them. Help them to do that, to grow to maturity. That's tending. Also, it means meeting their needs, protecting them, loving them, caring for them. Doesn't it? Isn't that, you're, are you, smile at me. Come on, come on. Show me you love me. And, and what I'm saying is that for you to have the fulfillment, the other thing that, again, Pastor Doug shared this morning, I thought, man, these guys are just hammering all over this message, is the fact that, you know, you have this emptiness, and we're, we're talking the call here, we're talking like, what did that say, you know, call me and I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm yours. Call me, I'll come. Call me, I'll come. I'm yours. Ring, ring, ring. Oh, uh, not now, Jesus. Not, no, not now, Lord. No, I'm busy. I'm busy. I got, I got to go fishing. See, when he says, love these more than me, also he's asking Peter, do you love these other disciples more than me? Do you love fishing more than me? <laughs> you know, do you love your hobbies more than me? Do you love your free time more than me? Ooh, come, smile at me. Come on. <laughs> All right. <Do> you <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a serious question. Because he, Peter, Peter says yes. And at the end of all this, he says, well, then follow me. How easy is that? If you love me more than all of that stuff, if you love me, he says, even you love me more than the, than the money you make from fishing. See? You love me more than, than what the money you make from your jobs or the stuff that we have. We love more than that. You know, stuff is just stuff. Stuff can vanish and vaporize in a heartbeat. I got a call Thursday morning, 8 o'clock, from one of our fire chiefs. He said, Scott, I know you can help me out here. He said, I got a, a woman with a son, a uh, house just burned. She's, she's like, she's a mess. She's completely a mess. You know, so I got her on the phone, and because he, he, I said, you want me to come out to the scene? He goes, no, just talk to her on the phone. So I did. And later on, I got a hold of her again, but, you know, found out she, you know, had insurance, and we got her worked out. But at the time, it was like my stuff. Stuff is just stuff, you know? I've often thought, man, if I ever drove home at the end of the day and my house was in ashes, what would I do? Well, one thing, I wouldn't have to worry about cleaning out my garage anymore. Praise God. <laughs> Probably where the fire would start. <laughs> I saw that hand. You know, but, you know, what I do? Well, you just rebuild. You just start over again. Stuff is just stuff. So do we love these things more than you love me? He says, because if you do, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to do what I ask you. So if, you, if, if, if I call... 
and you say, I'm yours, what is that first line? Where'd that go? Here it is. Falling on my knees in worship, giving all that I am to seek your face. Lord, all that I am is yours. Hmm. My whole life. Say whole. What does that mean? That means whole, right? <laughs> we looked it up in, in, in the Greek and it means whole. <laughs> yeah, all means all. All my whole life in your hands. God of mercy, humble, humble thy bow down in your presence at, my, at your throne. I called, you answered. And you came to my rescue. Not only, you know, rescue happens in a lot of ways. You know, we know in psychology, if you suffer from depression, the best thing you can do is start serving. It is the best cure for uh, depression. Serving. And you find people that serve. I'm, I'm fortunate. I, get, I do get to serve in a lot of areas. And it keeps me busy. <laughs> My friends go, man, you're crazy. What's wrong with you, man? You're too busy. Uh, you know, yeah, well, you know what? One of my friends has so much time on his hands. Unfortunately, he's in the hospital right now. Because he has too much time on his hands. And, and, that, and he gets bored. And he does crazy things. He's doing okay, but, you know, he just, it, that's what happens. And I said, Dude, you gotta you gotta start serving someplace. You gotta have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Amen. You know you 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 know when you retire, you, you don't have to after fifty years or whatever of getting up in the morning and go to work every day. I mean, you gotta have a reason to get out of bed besides feeding a chihuahua <laughs> and making sure he goes out so he doesn't pee on the carpet. You know, I mean, you have got to have reasons in your life. And the best way to get reasons in your life, not adding a lot of stuff. I know lots of you folks are busy, busy folks. But you know, there's always got to be room for the Lord. Somebody told me one time, they said, you know, I, 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 I want to pray more. I want to I spend more time in the Word. And I, wanna, you know, and I said, well, you know, how much time do you spend on Facebook? I asked him. Smile at me. Thank you. How much time you spend on Facebook? And they went, okay. Uh, you know, if you're given four hours a week to Facebook, you should be given eight hours a week to the Lord. Amen? You know, it'd be a lot more profitable for you. And then you don't end up with things like Pastor Duck going out over the universe. No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. I had to throw it in there. I just had to. It was so good. <laughs> that got all the way to Australia, man. That was really good, in a hurry, too. But if you don't know the joke, don't worry about it. Ask Pastor Doug. He'll tell you. 
but this is the thing he's saying. So notice this love test that he gives Peter. Lovest thou these more than me? If so, feed my, my lambs. Okay, so that's a chance to work with our little ones, work with our children, work with the young of the flock that are also the new believers, the new the people just coming in. They're just little lambs too. And, and then he says, tend them, bring them to maturity, take the time to walk alongside them. And then, and then the last one he says again, he says, but then feed them. You know, tend them and then feed the sheep, which would be the you all. See, this is, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to feed you this morning. See, that's what we're doing. So we go from there, and we can swing over, if you would, real quick to, uh, this was in the same day reading, by the way, um, to Colossians and chapter 1. Let me get to the right book here. Um, come on, books. Uh, there we go. And in Colossians chapter 1. So we just finished reading John 21, and I'm, and I'm going to go on, wow. You know, and Wanda kind of knew where I was, what I was looking for. So we go over to Colossians, and here Paul greets the church at Colossae. Uh, he's in, he's, this is one of his prison epistles. He's actually in prison at the time. He says, uh, Paul, an apostle of Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, he's speaking on the on the behalf of himself and Timothy, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God. He's saying, I love you, church. I love you. This church is a very powerful church, by the way. They're a very active church. And he wants to continue to encourage them. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, and it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it, and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras. And I thought that was interesting. Epaphras. Everybody in this room has an Epaphras. You know, stop and think, who's your Epaphras? Who's that one that came to you and shared the first ever shared the gospel with you? Shared the love of Jesus with you? Shared the fact that, you know, there's hope in Christ. Epaphras. Faithfully coming. See, we all need to be an Epaphras. Somebody, some, not somebody, I think I got ganged up on. There was a whole herd of guys that came after me. I had about 20 Epaphrases. They, I think I had the 12 disciples on my back. But, you know, who was that? And how can we be that to somebody else, an Epaphras, that goes and takes that opportunity to share the gospel? You know, it's always out there. I was over at the, the house on Palm Avenue doing some work the other day, and the neighbor had a guy working, putting in a hot tub in his yard or whatever. And I came out, and the guy's leaning against my truck. You know, and uh, I was, because I was working on the sprinklers, he'd go, oh, well, did you get them all to work? And I'm like, yeah, kind of, because they're kind of squirting all over the place. And he's leaning on my truck, he's having a smoke and having a soda or whatever. So I went over and asked him, what's your name, Dana? And I introduced myself. And we started chit-chatting, right? Just shooting the breeze and talking about this and that. And of course, he's Pretty knowledgeable guy. A little bit of politics started slipping into this and that and the other thing. And then he stops and he goes, you're a pastor, right? 
I didn't have on my pastor badge or nothing, you know, and, I'm, and I was in my old suburban truck, so it wasn't like, that's going to give you away as a pastor. Well, maybe it would. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, been, been one for a long time, haven't you? Yeah, you see my truck. Anyway, I said, uh, yeah, why? And then I thought, gosh, I hope I wasn't swearing at any of the sprinklers or, you know, you know, you know things flash through your mind. I hope it wasn't doing something stupid, you know. Fortunately, it was, I wasn't, I don't think. So we start talking about, you know, about the Lord. And, you know, and he's pretty knowledgeable. And he's, and he's one of those guys that, you know, is using, wanting to make a point, so he kind of goes, uses a scripture, but he's not quite sure who said it or where it was or that kind of thing. But, and he kind of paraphrases it, you know. And I said, well, that was Peter, da 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 and, You know, well, that was so-and-so. And if you, yeah, and kind of connecting some dots for him, he goes, see, you are a pastor. And I went, well, yeah, I guess I am. We had a great conversation, you know. And, and I asked him, I did. I said, you have any difficulty with that slab back there? And he goes, yeah, we got some things going on. I said, do you want to pray about it? And he goes, "Yeah, not right now. <laughs> All right, well, I'll pray for you anyway. I went about busy. So you have opportunities. You have opportunities. And you don't have to. The thing that's awesome is to remember, a lot of people are like, I'm afraid to go share my faith with anybody because I don't know. I can say something, but it's like, I don't know where it is in the Bible. It's all right. Jesus did not quote chapter and verse either. He just said what? It says in the Word. That's all you have to say. And if they ask you where it is, say, I'm not sure. Go home, look it up. Yeah, it's in the Bible. It's somewhere between Genesis and uh, Revelations. It's in there somewhere. But here he's, he's, he's exhorting them, and he, er, encouraging them. And he's, you know, he's saying, I've heard about you, and you know, the things that we're, you're doing as, as a result of what Epaphras uh, shared with you. He says, our fellow servant. Uh, he is a faithful minister, verse 7. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. How many faithful ministers for Christ do I have in this room? Every hand in the room. You don't have to raise your hand. All of you are faithful ministers of Christ. All of you have a circle and a sphere of people that know you're Christian. They know it. Co-workers, they know it. And when they see God blessing you, it's like, they know it especially when we give God the glory. So he says, um, Paphras and Christ on your behalf, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, for the day we heard, we, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. And he goes on. And he gets down here, he says, giving thanks to the Father. And then, of course, in 15, he starts talking about, you know, the preeminence of Christ. He's, you know, he is the image of the invisible God, firstborn of all creation, giving God the glory. And, uh, and he says, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. In him all the fullness, 19, of God was uh, pleased to dwell, and through him to be reconciled. And then in 21, he says, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil things. Okay, that's me. I don't know if it's you or not. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. 
in order to what? Present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Okay? He says, I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. There's always a price to pay with everything. And, and a lot of people really hesitate to whether or not they're willing to pay the price. But by not paying the price, sometimes you miss the blessing. Not sometimes, every time, you miss the blessing. We know in this world today the most valuable commodity that we have is time. Is time. And I will guarantee you, whether you're working 40 or 60 hours a week, or whether you're retired, time treats everybody the same. I say that because a lot of people would say, well, you're retired, you've got more time on your hands. Well, maybe you ought to walk in my shoes. <laughs> I want to go back to work, Pastor. Can I come back to work? <laughs> I think I, I, I get more rest when I was working. Um, but I say all that to say that there's opportunities in the church for you. And as, as we've said this morning, and the worship team, come on up and, uh, if you would, please. And I want to close with a song because this song was pivotable, pivotable, not was pivotal in the service today. This song really ministered to you guys, to the church, to the body of Christ. I love sitting on the platform every chance I can get, doing whatever I can do to make things messy. But I love being up there because I get to watch. I get to see God moving in the body of Christ. And, and I, every, I'm selfish. It's a blessing every Sunday to watch Him move and watch you respond to what He's saying. So this morning, think about these words as we close with this song. Think about them. Falling on my knees in worship, giving all I am to seek your face. Lord, all I am is yours. All I am. And then when we close the service today, if the Lord puts it in your heart to feed the lambs, to tend the sheep, to feed the flock, then come see Pastor Dad. And he, he, will, he will direct you. Go upstairs. and Meet with Vanessa. Find out what she has going on with this great... Um, uh, VBS that's coming up this summer. And it's never too early to get started with that because summer will be here before we can blink. Okay? And, that, and in doing that, God, even if you give just a couple of hours, you'll, you'll walk away going, wow, that was, that was awesome. That was awesome. Serving the body of Christ is, is a great place to start. Because if you can't serve the body of Christ here, you're going to have a real hard time serving the people out there. Real hard time. So I find the more that I serve the body of Christ, the more it equips me to go and reach out to the community. 
reach out to the community through the chaplaincy and through other programs that we're able to be connected with. There's all, there's all kinds of things you can do out there. And if you're ever interested in, in getting involved in the community and letting your, your light shine, come and see me and I'll direct you to the gal that can hook you up with volunteers and policing. Trista Kennedy is her name. Awesome program. Awesome. And you can go and really learn, find out how the police department functions, what it does, besides running after bad guys. <laughs> All right? Stand with me, if you would, please. God bless you. <laughs>